everyone forgets that the French are so as evil as they are because they trick you with smoking and pastries wine. and wine. And it's the greatest trick the devil ever played was putting you into a diabetic coma so you wouldn't notice while he's beating a migrant to death. Hello, welcome to episode 20 of We Don't Talk About the Weather. 20. Yeah, 20. I can't believe it. Uh, This is discussion that to the uninitiated may just sound like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and I'm here with you. Hello. And we're here to talk about what happened this week. Yep. And straight into it. I'm sorry, I'm just all flabbergasted. Uh, 20 episodes, that's, that means that I've stuck with this longer than I've stuck with most things other than RPGs. <laughs> and obviously my marriage and my kid. <laughs> but, the, you know, they don't count. That's Has not... this podcast lasted longer than your marriage? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Oh, I mean, there's just nice, like a life that's been pissing away everything. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what's happened this week? We've had some some stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff this week. Oh my god! Um, first up, we're going to talk about um, Theresa May inviting Labour to um, help her create cross-party policies. Well, Jeremy Corbyn is Prime Minister. So it's only well, he's, right that he's he prime minister already. To, so yeah, so it's only right that she should be able to have a say. He should be able to take you know a lead in in policy making. And she wouldn't do that if he wasn't prime minister. Yeah, I yeah. think if he's, it take it shows just how bereft of ideas the Tory party are. Yeah, and how stupid they are that they think there's like, hmm, it seems that Labour Party manifesto did all right. Perhaps the Conservatives should be the Labour Party, and then we'd do better. It's like with their idea, like with um, Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah, that there's so many people talking about it, and they hear I hear on the radio constantly now people phoning up talking about Jacob Rees-Mogg, and it's because they're stupid. Well, it's first like well, let's choose a backbencher that um, constantly votes against the party and sort of does his own thing. And it's because they weird. need a new Boris. They need a new like all oh, up and comer. He's a bit different, and they think this time that they can just simulate what happened. Maybe they think they can simulate what happened with Corbyn, but actually, I've got a sneaking suspicion they think they can simulate what happened with Boris. Mm. Except Boris kind of got to this crescendo during Brexit, and everyone realised he was. A fucking monster. Yeah, that he was a flimflam man. And now, every time that you see him kind of shambling about, no one's going, oh, oh, Boris. He looks legend. like he slept in his car. It's like, yeah, it's like, no, you are actually kind also, of terrifying. Also, Boris doesn't think that masturbation is a sin. I can't <laughs> see really getting the youth out, UFO out with a staunch view of, no, no masturbation in my new Britain. <laughs> well, in my old Britain. What, he has always been in favour of the sacrament and transubstantiation in generally. Also, I'd feel really uncomfortable having an openly Catholic Prime Minister. No, not that Catholic. Let's interrogate this. What, how do you mean? That Catholic. That religious of any, any bent, really. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised and I wasn't happy when it came out that Tony Blair was a secret Catholic. Like, he was some, <laughs> um, like, some nobleman during the, like... Um, when was it when um, Catholics had to hide in this country? Oh yeah, during the Elizabethan yeah. era. Yeah, like uh, I bet you he did have his little like his little priest. His hole. priest hole. Yeah, yeah. Except he was hiding fucking blueprints and maps in there. <laughs> he was hiding <laughs> shredded documents. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I don't. I don't like the idea of any hardline religious person being in charge. But Catholic, not really. 
And especially not the kind of Catholic he is, which is Catholic right up until the point it would affect how much money he makes. Because that strikes me as the worst kind of Catholic. That's like South American dictator Catholic. <laughs> Isn't it? He's one step away from declaring the seat of St. Peter vacant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a hunch. I bet you he's got some... I bet you he likes Pinochet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would... I don't, I don't know, but I would guess. I mean, is he too young to have had Hangman Della t-shirts and buttons? Well, David Cameron is he at that did. Age? I mean, he's David. He's older what, than David Cameron, and David he? Cameron did. No, he, no he's David a, Cameron. Isn't he a little bit younger than Cameron. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you just assume that someone's of a certain age. He's about got six fucking kids. He's about forty, mid forties. He's got he? six kids, and he's yeah. the color. He's just grey. It's the color of porridge. Yeah, like yeah. He's he's the colour he's the colour of Protestant porridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, um, yeah. So so yeah, they don't they, they want they're just they, they she has no what well, she needs labour on side. Because she can't get anything done anymore. <laughs> There's like and it, say they want to do any legislation that is anything other than, I don't know, criminalise um, like declare the Pope to be not welcome in this country. The DUP aren't gonna side with them. So they'd like they they do something about along the lines of oh let's okay let's be a bit nicer about um about benefits and the DUP come in with their stance of not to single women. <laughs> They've had that view in the past. It wouldn't surprise me if they still have that view now. Yeah, I don't know. They can't. I mean, I've got like a small list here hmm. of uh, things that you know things that I thought that they could uh, they could have a proposal. Kind of the best of Tory and Labour, for instance, uh, free school meals to be reduced. But supplemented by legalised scavenging from the bins outside co-op. Yeah, well, because yeah. they have because you can't scavenge outside bins anymore. Yeah, so, so they'll unlock the bins, but you won't get the actual food. Most of the food will be the ones that they would have bought anyway. But or will they keep the bins still locked? Yeah, but the poor kids will get the keys. <laughs> the keys will be on top of a pole, <laughs> and the teachers will they'll be supervised. Don't worry, they'll mm. be supervised. But the kids have to scramble to the top of the pole to unleash their entrepreneurial instinct. That's good. That's yeah. that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds good. That's, that sounds yeah. like a that sounds like a good solid liberal democrat policy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we could nationalise the trains by selling them, right? Selling them to national investors, right? Ah. So this will be uh, it's Branson in a fucking Union Jack tattoo, <laughs> full body all across his body. To sell all the trains to Branson and Sir Alan Sugar. Yeah, but they have to be tattooed with the Union Jack all the time. Oh, okay. Because they're national investors. I'm making the bunny ears. Okay. Yeah. So they. they yeah. That, 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 okay. That, yeah. that seems reasonable. Um, road rage legalized. Um, we can funnel all that aggression at the Spanish to defend Gibraltar. <laughs> so. So we'll have these kind of road rage. Free zones. Well, not free zones. Road rage zones. Where like you the special like... economic zones in China. We'll, we'll legalise yeah. uh, road rage in those and we'll yeah. siphon off the anger yeah. that only comes with vehicular travel for some reason Yeah. and point it all in a massive stream at, at the Spanish. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we could weaponise uh, Theresa May's personal toxicity um, and we don't have to renew Trident. Ah. Perfect, because it's so, a fucking weapon of mass like, destruction. So in the like with tensions boiling up with um North Korea, yeah. we'll just send her there yeah. for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> and then when more North Koreans take their lives and starve during the last famine. 
which is and they're not going to eat it because environmentally friendly as well. Very easy to clean up. Yeah, uh, because they'll just make Jeremy Corbyn prime minister, and yeah. it will be gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Jeremy Corbyn is now prime minister. That's the other. That's mm. the final final policy. Mm. <laughs> In what way do they think? Do they think for a fucking second that the Labour Party are going to go? Yes, we'll work with you. It's like it's not like we've got any example in the last, I don't know, seven years of the, <laughs> what the Tory party does with anyone that they work with. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And I can guarantee that the way it's going to go with the DUP, that this time next year on those bonfires, mm. instead of there being effigies of, like, of um, Sinn Féin candidates and effigies of the Pope, there will be effigies of Theresa May. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going to get what they want. No. Because they're on a hiding to nothing. Like, no. I, don't, I don't know what else to say. Like they're not. I don't know what they wanted. They might get that investment if they last five years. By the but... looks of it, they just. They, by the looks of it, it seems that there's a real desire from the DUP for tires and pallets <laughs> to build gigantic bonfires that look terrifying. Yeah. Did you see that huge uh, that picture of the huge fucking pallet bonfire that's hanging that's, over a petrol station? That's I'm um, starting to lean because um, one of the things they do is you're not supposed to burn tires. Yes. It's not that surprising, really. Um, and you're not supposed to burn plastic pallets, but because they can't, they need as many pallets as they can. They've been doing that a lot, and the plastic ones. It seems that the plastic ones have crumpled. Yeah, and so it's tilting <laughs> next to a petrol station. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, yeah, like the DUP aren't going to last, and given the rate that Tory MPs are <laughs> kind of dropping, <laughs> dropping off the radar. So we got to that out. majority. Yeah, I thought that was a good segue. We mentioned yeah, so earlier, the, like, the Tory majority just dropped by one. Yeah, <laughs> um, Anne Marie Morris uh, was in trouble this week um, when she was talking. She was talking at the East India Club. Of course, I know. Of course, it was the East India there's Club. Something, How a, could it not be? There's something. Call it not... the Colonial Club. <laughs> Call it anything. It's too perfect. The world there's, is too perfect. Is what I'm saying. There's nothing surprising about a Tory minister, a Tory MP saying one of my grandmother's favourite phrases <laughs> in the East Indian so, <laughs> and it's like oh look shock horror um, Redwood didn't say a thing it's like oh no shit Redwood's a piece of shit for a number of reasons and the fact that he's racist isn't that doesn't even surprise me in the slightest and I wouldn't even say it's the worst thing about him because there's so much shit that that man has um so, she's the MP for Newton Abbott in Devon. <coughs> yeah. Is that a surprise? No. No, there's yeah, lead in the no. water in Devon. Drives them all insane. It does, it drives them all insane. <laughs> My granddad always used to mutter about that. <laughs> that it made them violent and racist? Um, well, he said it made them violent and mad. Um, um, yeah. So, she was at this event uh, in the East India Club. Um, and she said, and a quote, Now, I'm sure there will be many people who challenge that. Um, but my response and my request is look at the detail it isn't all doom and gloom now we get to the real n-word in the woodpile which is in two years what happens if there is no deal and then she said sorry for any offence caused <laughs> and then there was the whole she thing about how it was just a slip N-word. of the tongue yeah and I love that because slip of the tongue I mean, it just implies that she says it so often <laughs> That, of course, you know, like when I'm um, when you're a kid and you accidentally call the teacher mum. Yes, because yeah. you say mum so much when you're a kid, and just like that, she says that word so often <laughs> that of course it just slips out. And may, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she listens to a lot of like '90s era hip hop. <laughs> 
No, no she, she listens doesn't. to the to a lot of Enoch Powell speeches. She does, yeah. Um, a lot of classical music. <laughs> a lot of classical Wagner. music. Yeah, <laughs> Wagner for the masquerade key parties. <laughs> because it was um, it was only a couple of months ago that her partner got in trouble as well for being a racist. Yeah, I was going to say um, during the 2017 general election campaign a few weeks earlier, a few weeks earlier, <laughs> um, Anne Marie Morris had distanced herself from a racist remark made by her election agent and partner Roger Kendrick at a hustings, in which he blamed the high birth rates of immigrants for problems in the education system. Positively Macronian of him. <laughs> It's fucking beautiful. Uh, there's a there's a good list in um, in the Independent of other MPs who have said that specific phrase. Now I've never heard this phrase said in kind of conversation, like ever. I have heard it said by my grandmother, and I've heard it said in conversation once in my entire life. <laughs> I was at a meeting of the National Front. I wasn't at a meeting of the National Front. Actually, it was a polite. It was a polite barbecue, but yeah. Um, so we've got John Townend in 1993 uh, used the phrase on BBC's Westminster Live program. When? Uh, 1993. <laughs> on TV, he said it. Yep. Fantastic. On the BBC, um, 37 MPs signed an early day motion criticising his use of the language. Only 37. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only 37 people there. I don't know if you ever watch BBC Parliament during the day. There's nobody there. Um, but in, he then kind of reformed his ways and came around and in 2001 accused Labour of wanting to turn the UK into a mongrel race. So, yeah. So we know where that is. Um, <laughs> it's like he, he went, he went to, um, to an out-of-town rehab clinic where they moved him down. They, they just, took, like, taking him off the heroin and put him on the methadone or the yep. subutex. They took him off the N-word and he just says, pick it at ease now. <laughs> he does, that's what, that's his Like the Foreign Secretary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or my other grandmother. <laughs> um, Old people be racist. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I started, when I was looking through this list, I was like kind of looking up the MP's ages at yeah, the same time. Yeah, they're not that old. It was like George Gardner, in, again in 1993, um... Uh, George Gardner tabled an amendment to the critical early day motion from that first guy, arguing that he was amazed that anyone could see the Honourable Member for Bridlington's choice of words as racist <laughs> and commended him for expressing himself in terms that ordinary people can understand. No one understands <laughs> that phrase! What's that? I don't even know the exact idiom, like exactly where... I know where it, cut, like, it comes from, like, um, like the Underground Railroad with um, escaping slaves hiding in piles of wood or in um, wooden train carriages to make their way to non-slave states. Okay, I didn't Right? So that's where, that's like, you know, when there are slave catchers mm. looking for mm. these people who you're fucking demonising, <laughs> it literally comes from their most, their, 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 the moment that they are were most suff suffering, like, in their cultural history. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, well, the thing, yeah, it's, it's weird with how... The people coming out in defence of it, like, mm. the, um, there was a great two hours on LBC. Mm. It was glorious. So Majid Nawaz, mm -hmm. the last hour of his show, mm -hmm. um, he's talking about the hard left mm. and how Corbyn's Labour Party is the new nasty party. Uh huh. And by offering all those lunches and tuition fees. Well, because and... of the abuse online, because some journalists have been called dickheads. Oh god! And so and you know they some do journalists that... have been corrected on things that they were saying wrong. Yeah, but then you know they do this thing that they that they all do, which is say like Luciana Berger. I think 
there's been quite a few people who've called her Jewish this or Jewish that. I think it can't be anywhere near as many as they I make out. I can't believe because... Himmler lover 88, a yeah. known Corbyn supporter, <laughs> went online to call a Jewish MP the thing, a bad word. The thing that gets me, though, is like I think one, someone called Luciana Berger a Jewish bitch on Twitter. Okay. And this one tweet was reposted quite a lot. Mm. Which all that says to me is, is that the only one? Mm. In the snake pit that is the internet. Yeah. And also, Corbyn has already said that, you know, he, people shouldn't be like that. Given where all those Pepe well, people are and yeah. the, the Keck and the Keckmeisters and yeah. whatever. Well, until yesterday, there were a bunch of, um, what are they? Kekistani people? They're all right. Like, yeah, yeah, they're, you know, they're, those, they're, yeah, yeah. No, but they're particularly nerdy. The, the all right ones that would get, who would get their lunch stolen off them by Nazis. Oh, fuck. Actually, on a related note, did you see that video that was posted? It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, they, a load of, um, like, uh, right-wing people, like, I say normal, they're mm. still insane racists, but mm. turned up at one of those um, events to tear down one of the Confederate flags or Confederate mm. monuments. And they went there with all their open carry stuff. They're all fat as hell. Um, and they've all got like fucking uh, uh, khaki on and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and one of the alt-right guys tried to pitch up and sell them like posters with memes on them. Like That's the fucking fantastic. Pepe memes. And they pretty much marched him out at gunpoint. So, And he couldn't they understand. Him, they did to him what everyone on the left should do whenever the SWP turn up with their fucking placards. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um but yeah, the thing I was going to say about yeah. the Kekistani people is, I think it was yesterday or the day before, you know the little park by the London Eye? Mm. They went in there mm. and one of them climbed up of one of the climbing frame bits and hung the flag. And then they all started shouting at the normies. They're recording themselves. And they they looked horrific. Like, <laughs> like I if I was there, I don't think I would have like gone up and torn the flag off and attacked them. Because everyone was just looking at them very confused. It was a very confusing thing. And then they were like, we're winning the meme war. <laughs> yeah, that's what they keep talking They keep talking about, oh, there's a meme war brewing. And it's like, well, f- who the war. fuck are you? War never changes. <laughs> Me- meme war changes specifically and evolves <laughs> due to a science of signs. It's just insane. But um, anyway, so Machina was is going on about the hard left. Yeah. And how abusive it is and how these people are so horrible. You know, they, they said... They, one of them sent a picture to Chakramuna that just said bollocks on it <laughs> because of something he said, which I imagine was bollocks. <laughs> but um, Majid Nawaz doesn't call the hard left the hard left mm-hmm. or the alt left. He calls them the control left mm-hmm. because it's control left, alt right, delete. And he said it so many times in that hour that I was losing my mind because I could feel how pleased he was with this amazing thing. And I was getting There's so only angry. one political formation that's getting deleted right now, Majid. Yes. And it ain't the alt-right and no. it ain't the left. No. Um, but yeah, so you got him doing this about how horrible the Labour Party is, how disgusting they're being at the moment, how they're anti-Semitic, they support terrorists. He said the IRA were like the red hand fucking commandos, which is, huh? Not really. Um No. Because it wasn't the Red Hand... Because he mentioned an awful lot of um, Northern Irish groups. And the Red Hand Commandos, weren't they the ones that were literally British soldiers? The or Red... is it another one that was... Because there was... I there, know there, was, was a, um, there was one of them that were literally of... British soldiers that were paid to do it. So, like... 
it's really hard because a lot of the UVF and even the IRA had like pet like either paid informants or actual like spies. Yeah. In them, but there were a series of attempts in the seventies to um, form like a, an irregular regiment yeah. on the part of the DUP, and they mostly failed. Yeah. Um, because the British Army didn't want them. Hmm. Um, because they were having enough enough uh, trouble as it was. Hmm. But yeah. It, it, I mean, look, if he wants to make that comparison, he can't make it and then walk away. Mm. He has to actually... Pro- well, he doesn't have to prove it because he's on the fucking radio. Mm. And I don't... Surely he should know the gradations of, you know, paramilitary movements, considering yeah. his past. Yeah, his past of categorising them and then chopping them to the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he does, goes on this huge rant and it's, it's just fucking annoying. Um, referred to, someone phoned up to complain um, to have a go at him and said that the reason he likes Corbyn is because mm. Corbyn is um, he seems incorruptible like he's not going to take any bribes mm. and uh, Majina was starts going on with well that's a very negative thing to say this is what I mean the left is all negativity you're implying that other people take bribes <laughs> and it's like I hate you I hate you yeah. so much I hate everything you stand for and this is I'm so glad that the Liberal Democrats are just dying a death um, but then straight after that, it's like in the middle of this hour of him doing it, this stuff about Anne-Marie Morris comes out mm. and then it goes straight into Ian Dale saying like, so a conservative has been called Sadie Edward again. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch all the like, um, the people on Twitter oh. who were calling for Ken Livingston to pretty much be hanged. Well, they were calling for the Labour Party to be dissolved because it's yeah. so riddled with anti-Semitism. Yeah. And yet another Tory MP says the N-word. And they're like, and it's well, like, I think you have to careful. understand. She was born in a different time. <laughs> 1972. <laughs> I don't know whether she was actually born in 1972. But that's the other thing you have to think about with all this list of, of things we were doing. I was looking at the, at the ages. It's like, yeah, some of them were born in 1935. That does mean they were 15 in 1950. Was it yeah. acceptable to use that word in 1950? Mm. Maybe it was. Was it acceptable to use it in 1960 when they were 25? Mm. Uh, less so. But when, was, when they were in 1970 when they were 35 years old. Yeah. Two like, years away from where I am now. Was were they too old no. to change? <laughs> it's and it's insane. like that that's that's the 1993 examples like the more yeah. recent ones. It's like you were all born in the late 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are oh, people who say like because um, again the radio had quite a lot of people like this saying that the thing that's more dangerous is this um, this dog piling on and criticising people for just for just things that they've said and it's like you're right there is do you know what's the worst crime imaginable someone being persecuted for saying the 14 words <laughs> I just hate it it's like there's it's, it's, it's evolved from like look online's rough Right. Yeah, it is. That's it's always the way been, it's, always it's, been a that's fucking the way it's always been. And we've mentioned before how Twitter's mostly made up of journalists tweeting at each other and they're not actually and, and sharing stories on whatever that reflect their particular point of view. Hmm. And the left's no different to that to a certain extent. I actually think there's better discussion on left Twitter than most other places, but you know, whatever. But the kind of mainstream journalists have kind of entered this environment. And they don't have that pulpit anymore. They don't have the uh, the column. No. And I think that's always to be remembered when they're getting shouted at. It's like you have a column. Yeah. These people have nothing else. Most of most of these the other people on Twitter have nothing else. Yeah. And yeah, you're going to get a lot of shit, but you're also going to get pointed out when you're wrong. And I feel like that's kind of more what they're worried about. Yeah. They hate it. Um, Sam Chris has been getting a lot of abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw that. 
Yeah, because of him saying that a bunch of a bunch of journalists should should lose their jobs for being wrong all the time. Yeah, and the best the best hot take that someone had was business. like, "I don't know." Yeah, someone says like, "Ah, oh, what do all these journalists have in common?" Eh, and um, like three of them were Jewish. One of them is Nick Cohen, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> and Sam Chris like, is it something they have in common with me? Maybe, and also. <laughs> Nick Cohen isn't Jewish, and then someone like someone then comes up and is like, "Well, he's more Jewish than you," and it's like, "What the fuck?" And then some other people start saying, "Sam Chris is actually like an Israeli Arab," and uh, <laughs> oh no, it was, and like... then they're criticizing him for being an anti-Zionist because he didn't capitalize the word Jew. <laughs> no, the best <sighs> thing was for some reason they'd got this screenshot of his name, like he was saying, like, "Oh, my middle name's like." Uh... <laughs> they had this screenshot of uh, Sam Rashid. Chris, yes. and he just posted back like, "My middle name's Richard." <laughs> oh, it's dumb. But yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. There's the usual, there's confusion. the usual kind of uh, uh, haunted Victorian doll boy, uh, yeah. Rupert Myers, saying, "Oh, I think suspending them from the whips a yeah. bit much." Yeah, and then he just and today he deleted every single one of his tweets. So oh. I'm so the thing is, if someone does that, it's like, "Fuck, I really want to go back through all of them." There's going to be some fucking gold. <laughs> It's it's um it's the evolution of the not a racist argument. Yeah, it fascinates me the most. It's like she said the n word. Oh, but she's not a racist. Hmm. She categorised people according to their skull shapes. She's not a racist <laughs> though. But it was um, she literally fell out of a concentration camp guard, uh, tower. <laughs> uh yeah, but you know she's not a racist. So much for tolerance, toleration of viewpoints. Yeah, was um it's there was someone fucking on, stupid. There was someone as well online saying, "Am I a racist because I had a gollywog when I was younger? I love my gollywog." It's like. But the gollywog is it's racist. You need to yeah. understand that. It's like, but I loved it. It's like, <laughs> gollywogs are racist. How hard is it to understand? And that thing is not like the other. No, because the the best thing is they reinforce the racist connotations of the gollywog by bringing up the idea of the gollywog in conversations about saying the n word. <laughs> yes. If you had kept from it that, like, well, it was a, a jam mascot for years mm. because of the relationship to sugar. Again, mm. pointing out the continuum of the lowest cultural moment for black people <laughs> in the Western Hemisphere. Um, and oh, lowest culture, you know, the, the yeah. yeah, the hardest time, the 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 formative when experience at- of most African Americans and uh, Africans in in Europe and Jamaica and yeah, uh, the West Indies. But like, yeah, you're re- you. Once you know those things, you have a choice to make. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's not that you have to be. It's not that you can be, not be forgiven for being wrong. But stop saying n word in the wood pile. <laughs> Just stop saying it. It's, it's not, not even fucking accurate. No. No. <laughs> so what's, what's? Oh, awesome. Oh, Let's then we move. go. Sh- we move on to uh, in other racism news. This is uh, your premier racist racism podcast. Yeah, reporting on um, all the racism of the week. The hottest <laughs> racism is coming straight out. Um, Mac- Fresh off the racism press. When Macron got elected, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, we, we should we should probably mention him in the podcast, but I don't know. I don't know that much about. He's going to be politics. a boring centrist. I don't know it? much about French politics. He's going to be a boring centrist. It, like people are going to love him. But he's not gonna he's not gonna depart that much from Holland mm-hmm. or even so, well even Sarkozy. Mm. Um, yeah, he totally has. Yeah. <laughs> um, this week, he was. Um, so giving a speech at the he G20. Was giving, I think it was somewhere around the G twenty. Um, 
A journalist from the Ivory Coast asked him why there was no Marshall Plan for Africa, the billions of dollars in economic aid the US poured into Europe after mm. the Second World War. Macron responded with a three-minute soliloquy. You've got to be careful here because it very well might be too complicated for our tiny brains to understand. Like well, that that's what bit. I thought at first. His thought is so deep. It is. It's so deep. Um, <laughs> the challenge of Africa, to quote, the challenge of Africa is completely different. It is much deeper. See, deeper thought, different thought. It's a breath of fresh air. It is civilizational today. Failing states, complex democratic transitions, the demographic transition. One of the essential challenges of Africa is that today seven or eight children are born to each woman. You can decide to spend billions of euros and you will not stabilise anything. What I'm saying is they need a king. <laughs> what a Ah, uh, Macron. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Fucking it's so leading. good that Le Pen lost mm. and the not racist won. Mm. It's so good that we have a sensible centrist that's kicking out gypsies, demonising Africans, and banning unions from striking. I, it's great. It's the kind. Of, it's that sweet, <laughs> sweet centrism that, like, I was warning people of and I was ranting about. And there's a. I've got a friend who lives in France at the moment, and she looked at me like I was insane. She looked at me this, with the same look that people had before the before the 2010, or 2011, yeah, 2010. when I was saying about the I was ranting about the Orange Book and how the Lib Dems are all lying to you, like <laughs> holding a placard at um, Oxford Circus. <laughs> it's all that all the heroes are slowly kind of falling, except you wouldn't notice it by anything anybody's no. saying. No, you know, Merkel doesn't believe in um, uh, mm. gay marriage. No. Um, Trudeau supports uh, one thing I found about Trudeau this week. He's well in favour of the Keystone Pipeline. Of course he is. Of course he is. The pipeline that's going across uh, yeah. Native American lands and will probably poison their groundwater. Yeah. Well, you know, Canadians aren't very nice to their um, <laughs> to their first peoples, indigenous yeah. peoples. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so Macron's a racist. Yeah. That's a breeze. But like, it's not. It's not exactly surprising given no. given France's history no. with Africa. Um, looking into this. There was, at, the, at this very moment, yeah. 14 African countries are obliged by France, through a pact put in during the colonial era, to put 85% of their foreign reserve into the French Central Bank under the, Minister of Finance, the French Minister of Finance's control. <laughs> what are these countries? Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, there's... 14, uh, so it's Benin, Burkina Faso, Guinea-Bissau, Ivory Coast. Oh, I bet you there was a point with Burkina Faso where they weren't given that money. Yeah, there was a very brief period in where, the early 80s. Yeah, when Thomas Sankara was when in charge <laughs> before the French then paid his best mate to dismember him. That's a thing that actually happened, that the yeah. French paid poor Thomas Sankara's bezzy mate, Blaise yeah. Camparo, to cut him up. And, be- and like they never found the body. No, he was, buried, he was dismembered and buried all over he was the place. A, he was a Marxist leader who um, took over in Burkina Faso and... Well, and, um, well took over Upper Delta and changed its name. Yeah, to, to the land of upright men, Yeah, which is an awesome name. Yeah, but um, then because he wasn't an authoritarian communist, it was very easy then for them to stage a very quick coup and kill him. <laughs> um, and looking, looking into the kind of like colonial legacy, I mean, I'm not, not sure what kind of colonial legacy the British have and I'm not doing this as a British imperialism was better than French imperialism thing because it wasn't but some horrifying facts about Fre- about like the post-colonial situation 
well, I suppose colonial situation. We're not still we're not still taking huge amounts of money out. Well, as you say, we. It's because all of our um, all of the companies that were detached yeah. and became multinationals and conglomerates. So yeah, they're based <laughs> in Hong Kong. They're not technically British. Yeah. But they still have those same kind of mining rights and things. Anyway, I'll yeah. just quickly go down this list. So. These 14 countries, they pay colonial debts for the benefits of French colonisation. So, train lines, bridges, things like that. They're still paying a tax. They're still paying the French. Yeah. <laughs> like, having to, like, with the, like the fact that I'm still pissed off that we have to pay to cross the Dartford Crossing. Yeah. But if the Dartford Crossing was built by a foreign power and, like, my ancestors died building it. So the Seven Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. I just thought it was pithy being, yeah. in, being in Wales. Seven Bridge is so ugly. That's yeah, all right. Why do you have to pay for the Seven Bridge? I can't work that one out either because that bridge looks cheap. Yeah, well, there's a toll road going around Birmingham you have to pay for. I've no idea why. Nobody to uses it. Go around Birmingham. Yeah. Mm. I've used that toll. The, yeah, there's an automatic conf- confiscation of national reserves. That means their money, their money. <laughs> 85% of it has to be put into the French National Bank. Yeah. They're not allowed access to any more than 15% of the money in any given year. If they need more than that, they have to borrow the extra money from their own money from the tre- French Treasury at commercial rates. I don't think you understand. They're young people recently setting foot in the developed world and into this modern time. <laughs> they can't be trusted. They'll just spend it all on... Kids. <laughs> Is this kind of the bank of mum and dad? Yeah, it's <laughs> writ very racist. It's horrific. Yeah. And it's that thing, it's like it's not like the French are worse than the British with regards to colonialism. No. It's that thing. But of, I don't know that no, there's any British no, like measure that's been put no, in. No, my thing I'm is a, it. I'm gonna look into it, right? Mm. And I'm gonna come back with it next week if I could find anything. Mm. But like other than the territories that they hung on to and membership of the Commonwealth mm. and any of the other kind of 200 years of fucking blood and plunder yeah. that those countries are actually going through the effects of now I don't know that there's any existing arrangement that's quite as fucking mercenary and exploitative as this what the thing I was going to say is like it's a thing that does seem to get forgotten here that we're not the only ones with a disgusting colonial history there's enough blood I to smear it... most of western Europe hmm. apart from Germany Germany failed mainly at their attempts at colonialism. No, you're right. Germany should be exempt from the whole blood smearing <laughs> guilt. No, they've got other stuff to be guilty about. <laughs> they've got other stuff. They've got their own. They've got their very own particular set. They don't have like. They've got their own thing. They didn't have you know going into the Congo and nailing hands to the sides of rubber cut rubber uh, crates. I mean, Tanzania they did. Did they? Yeah, they uh, they had a. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Germany for pretending an, that you yeah. weren't as good as the Belgians. They had an African empire in. Um, uh, yeah, Tanzania, there's German West Africa oh. for a while, which is now Tanganyika. There was a couple of different skirmishes during the First World War between South Africa and African territories on the East Coast. Oh. And they had a bit in China as well. So who's... There must be someone who isn't completely blood-soaked. Belgium! <laughs> well, no, we know that. Belgium not. is not Dutch. at all, if you didn't you know. just need to You just need to eat any Dutch food to know how bloody their colonial history is. Because, <laughs> like, hmm, this spring roll. <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> the spicier the uh, imported and appropriated cuisine, yeah. the worse the colonial record. Hmm. Um, like, the rest of this... Scandinavia, they're fine. They still eat fucking pickled fish. 
They didn't get that from no one but themselves. Let's see, Sweden, Norway. No, I don't think. No, just Again, I'd have to look it up, but I don't think so. Like, the rest of this list is like, I'll just uh, whiz through it. Hmm. Write a first refusal on any raw or natural resource discovered <laughs> in the country. <laughs> Write a first refusal. Yes, they have to offer it to a French company before um, it's extracted. Wow. Priority to French interests and companies in public procurement and public bidding. They can't look anywhere else. They have to go to French companies. Exclusive right to supply military equipment and train the country's military officers. Fantastic. So they ha- again, that helps out with the whole coup situation because mm. having yeah. a having a whole corps of French trained officers. Having a whole corps of officers that speak French very <laughs> oh, very well. Well, we're going to get to that. The right for France to pre-deploy troops and intervene militarily in the country to defend its interests. They can station troops permanently in bases and military facilities. Well, yeah, that's, that's a thing because um, the French Foreign Legion have a base in Madagascar. Yeah, as part of that uh, hmm. whole thing. Um, obligation to make French the official language of the country and the language for education. They have to use French as an official language. You mean like the English do to the Welsh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not just. Dis- I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. It's I just like, no, it's just like colonials, you know. Yeah. Colonials got a colonial. <laughs> got a colon. Yeah. Um, the obligation to use the French colonial money, the CFA franc. Obligation to send France an annual balance and reserve report. <laughs> a, uh, a renunciation to enter into any military alliance with any other country unless authorised by France. <laughs> obligation to ally with France in a situation of war or global crisis. Like, these are not, like, suggestions. These are not like, oh, well, in theory, they're independent countries, but mm. actually they just tend to do this because they mm. know what side, like, side the bre- yeah. their bread's buttered on. These are actual, like, laws. These are actual obligations people... that they signed when they left. Well, I say they left. It appears they didn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something, it's like, you do... It's like when you hear, like, stuff like that, it's like, it, it makes more sense why Gaddafi was like Gaddafi. yeah. Because also, Gaddafi would have seen what happened to Thomas Sankara. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, if there's one good argument for Stalinism, hmm. it's that, yeah. Well, it's I can't remember who said it, the thing of... Defend um, the revolution, like... Yeah, the, who said the thing of, we'd never, we never, we'll never know what Russian socialism would have been if America hadn't tried to strangle it in a crib. Yeah. I mean, there is, yeah, there's definitely, well, I mean, I would, you know, expand it to the West, definitely, but like... Hmm. It's well, one no, of, it's, um, I think it was because it was in... Um, I think I read it in that Killing Hope book because oh, um, yes, I think it's yeah, like yeah. in World War One, like after World War One, there were eight thousand American troops in Russia killing communists. Um, yeah, so after the yeah after the um, they withdrew from the Civil War, um, foreign armies did immediately invade. Yeah, after they just lost ten million men <laughs> fighting the Germans on the on yeah. the west on the Eastern Front. It's yeah, it is like yeah. I think that always has to be. Mm. Uh, held in mind of yeah. there's a reason why communist dictators tend to, tend to be a bit paranoid yeah there's a reason why IND tends to be with I, tends <laughs> to be followed with IND who yeah you know? yeah and like Thomas Sankara who yeah Thomas Sankara nobody knows who he is despite the fact that you know he made Burkina Faso um, self-sufficient in food in a number of years went uh, kind of broke the power of the old no- like the old tribal nobles started and, to halt and push back deforestation ban yeah. female genital mutilation yeah um, had like government jobs for women, banned every, got rid of every single government car, replaced them all with a really tiny little car. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were all driving really big, fancy cars yeah. that the French government made them buy. Which, yeah. you know, yeah. Ugh. I would say he's reverting to type, but I don't know that, like, even, um, 
Mitterrand and Sarkozy, hmm. kind of more right-wing uh, French presidents of the past, have been like a little bit more circumspect when they've been talking about Africa in public. I mean, um, what was it? Uh, yeah, Jacques Chirac said, without Africa, France will slide down to the rank of a third world power. And Francois Mitterrand said, without Africa, France will have no history in the 21st century. I mean, Sarkozy said that the African has not fully entered history. But there we go. So maybe there is a fucking well, precedence for it. Well, I don't know. Do you enter if you're dragged through a room, into a room? Is it technically well, entering? That's part, I mean, that's like in uh, Edward Said talks a lot about this in um, Orientalism. It's a colonial kind of uh, intellectual tool. Hmm. What you do is you characterize the people you're conquering as a people without history. Yeah. So Native Americans, for instance. You characterise them. Oh, they were just running around doing nothing. Yeah. They don't remember anything. No. They're, they're, basically, like they're basically like animals. They're basically like beasts. Yeah. But you develop it into well, they have no history. They don't develop. What you need is the like the firm, active principle hmm. of Western involvement to get them up and start them having a good Protestant work ethic. Hmm. And that's kind of why like you get things like um, Welsh nationalists being so annoyed where in a mail article not that long ago they refer to the Welsh language as a moribund monkey language. Yeah. Well, it's the stereotype of the Irish as apes. Yeah. The stereotype of the Welsh as lazy. Yeah. Like, it does... It's, it kind of started there. Yeah. Because that if there's somebody who's lazy, it's kind of... In, in that spectrum, it's your responsibility to kind of wake them up and mm. get them moving and get them going. And without, without you... Worse. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Without you... Mm. You know, they're never going to do anything. Mm. They'll just sit around wallowing in their own filth. So that's France. <laughs> that was... Christ. He so, just gets better and better. I'm uh, looking forward I... to the next thing that he does. Um, I'm looking forward to his first affair. That's bound to be happening soon. Mm, no French see. primary... No, no, they always do. They need. They always do. It's part of... They need yeah. it. It's like, I, I imagine, for a rate... For like an approval bump. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, he's probably going to get quite the approval bump from some of this racist shit that he's doing. No, you don't understand. All of Mélenchon's votes, they all went to Le Pen. <laughs> they did. Because they love a racist. They do. They just love racists. Socialists always love racists. They're always going on. Christ, even if he was thinking about making these comments as kind of a sop to, uh, you know, like, West, like, you know, there's Western civilization people who really love to go on and on about the virtues of Western civilization Nile and Ferguson. all that. Uh, yeah, the Nile Fergusons of this mm. world. They're, they're kind of one shade away from actual outright racism, yeah. but they stay away just enough of it to get book deals and TV shows. They, they constantly price up a set of calipers, but they uh, haven't yeah, actually yeah. bought them yet. Yeah, because they, they can't decide on the right ones. Yeah, um, Yeah. so presumably this is some kind of like, I, I don't know, like it's like liberal imperialism, liberal humanitarianism. It's like, uh, no, I care about them ha- having too many kids. I don't think he's that smart. I think I think he, I think think he, he just thinks. It. I think he thinks he is. I think he's doing oh, the, he's doing the fucking triangulation thing again. Mm. You know, he's he's putting himself on that side. And of course, in five years, what do we get? Well, we'll get Le Pen, who said the same thing. There's no difference. There's mm. no animating principle f- for you to choose between them because they're both as racist as each other. Yeah, oh. it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um, oh yeah, short little thing. <laughs> Did you see that um, Steve Bannon uh, article? Keeping with the French theme. Um, so Steve, this week it was reported in a Steve Bannon interview who appears to be kind of worming his way back into Trump's inner circle after being dumped off the National Security Council. Um, he talked about that he has a, f- a picture of him dressed as Napoleon in the Tuileries in the Paris in the palace in Paris. 
dressed as Napoleon that was given to him by Nigel Farage. Literally the storyline from The Sopranos. <laughs> Where Paulie has a painting of Tony as Napoleon. <laughs> that when Tony sees it, he's horrified by it. <laughs> and so he has more shame than Steve Bannon. Tony <laughs> Soprano. <laughs> and this would paint Nigel Farage as the Paulie. Actually, yeah, it does kind of work. It. I could see. I could see Nigel Farage towards the end realizing they're all going to turn on him and starts to do weights because he knows they're coming for him. <laughs> I no, could see oh, Nigel Steve Farage Bannon's... going to a séance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve Bannon is mental. Yeah, he's yeah. We do not have enough time to go into the ways that Steve Bannon <laughs> is like. He's the ugliest man I've ever seen a photo of. Hmm. He is. Pretty hideous, and like he's like like super. He like he crawled out of somewhere. It's, it's he does ridiculous. manage to look simultaneously moist all the time, but also really dry. Yeah, like like you know, like I'm when little a, patches when a toilet of moisture roll has fallen flaking. What a toilet roll has fallen in the toilet, and then you take it out, and it dries off. Mm. He looks like that, mm. but he also denies the Holocaust. <laughs> oh, Steve Bannon, yeah. classy gent. <laughs> Two shirts, Bannon, <laughs> because he's gonna sweat sweat through them all because of all the booze, yeah, and coke. Um, oh, else, elsewhere in American news, we have the story today Ooh. that uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson has uh, had a 2020 presidential campaign filed with the Federal Election Commission. Fantastic. Finally, The Rock <laughs> has come back to Washington. I was so happy when I saw this story because it's like, it's a way of talking about wrestling, which functionally, according to the theme of the podcast, <laughs> we can still talk about. Well, yeah, it's, um, the next, the other time will be when we do what about um, the formation of organised crime syndicates being, a, being an anti-communist <laughs> yeah. thing. And I can talk about um, Japanese wrestling. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Rock... The thing is the he's Rock, a registered Republican, right? Yeah, he's a Republican. He's a Republican yeah. like most wrestlers are, apart from but Jesse like the a, Body Ventura. Like a registered Republican. Yeah, so well, he votes He votes Republican. I don't know whether yeah. he gives money or whatever, but... I think he probably does. He's fucking rich enough to. Yeah, the thing... He, it's that thing of like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We've talked about it before. Like um, mm. wrestling and bodybuilding. I can genuinely understand how it ties into the right-wing ethic of self-made man, especially bodybuilders. Mm. Because like Arnold Schwarzenegger... It's pretty much he crafted himself mm. on his own mm. and made everything his himself. So why would he think that anyone needs any help? Mm. His opinions seem to be changing now and he's become quite the environmentalist and it looks like he's vegetarian. Yeah, he's gone um, vegetarian and he does a lot of um, environmental, uh, like anti-car campaigns and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, does stuff like trying to get American fat kids to lift weights and be yeah. gigantic like him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it would, it's not that surprising that he's a Republican. I bet you he's, he's probably more libertarian-y Republican, I, I don't mm-hmm. imagine he. I, I imagine he does have, despite things that he has said in promos, I imagine <laughs> he's not actually that bad about women, um, and he's probably yeah, he's probably socially pretty liberal. I imagine fiscally he's pretty nasty, mm. or he believes in fuck all, likes attention, and will do whatever he's told. Yeah, and considering that he's the and biggest with his military, like, and he has weapons grade charisma. Yeah. So it'll be him in 2020 versus Zuckerberg or the reanimated corpse of, of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh God, it'll be Johnson Clint versus Clinton. Oh, there's no way they'll do it. There's no <laughs> way they'll do Clinton. it. Chelsea Clinton. 
No, there's no way they'll do it. They'll they will think Zuckerberg because Zuckerberg's doing his tour. You know, when he goes around and he sees people, he goes, "Ah, human." <laughs> he's like, someone posted on Twitter pictures of him in diners and stuff, and he's like Zuckerberg. Looks, I'm getting looks to like, know the real America. Yeah, this someone said it looks like um, the one that I'm rapidly going out of business. <laughs> yeah, um, they all look like stills from an '80s film about an alien who learns how to love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he'll he'll kill him. Oh, the debate's going to be so good. Yeah. There's going to be somebody asking Zuckerberg, what does he think about the deficit? And The Rock's (laughs) going to turn to him and go, what do you think about the deficit, Mark? And he's going to go, well, I think it's time to... (laughs) It doesn't matter what you think about the deficit! (laughs) Oh, he's going to lay the rock down. He's going to lay the smack down on the deficit. (laughs) He is. He's going to say that. Imagine the deficit... As a great big slice of the rock's pie. <laughs> and the rock is gonna lay the smacketh down on all. <laughs> on all your unequal trade treaties. <laughs> oh god, it, it would be horrible because I'd have to start. Hating Every graphic the rock. will be a strudel. <laughs> I'd have to start hating the rock. Because yeah. at the moment, his political views have absolutely nothing to do with virtually mm. anything he does because he doesn't really say anything. He doesn't say because well, he's a very he's a money making machine. So if he oh, said yeah. anything, no, he's, it would, he it would is him. he's like franchise. He's called franchise Viagra, mm. in that you insert him into any kind of long running film. He'll be in Transformers next time because Transformers is running out of steam mm. rapidly. It used to make loads of money and now it just makes well, it will be. It'll be some loads President of money. Johnson. <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, naturally, you would insert him into the Republicans to kind of give them a boost. Or maybe it's maybe it's a, an elaborate scheme. Yeah, and he's not going to be like this populist. Um, mm. Republican presidential candidate he's going to go back to being the best rock the corporate rock <laughs> I think you'll find every president is the corporate rock yeah but so yeah. he just does it completely you know starts wearing the suit yeah and then like halfway through he'll need a bump in the ratings and he'll tear off his suit and he'll go back to wearing those disgusting shirts remember those really disgusting those, um, I think you'll find those amazing shirts <laughs> those amazing vile. silk shirts yeah um, but no, you'll know what will happen after the debate as well. Chelsea Clinton or Mark Zuckerberg will be coming out and they'll get hit by a limo. Um, <laughs> the limo will drive off. We won't know who does it, so we need a six-week tournament to <laughs> find out who was driving the limo. <laughs> but who could the Democrats run against him? Well, there's only one option. Stone Cold Steve Austin. But Stone Cold Steve Austin's a Republican too. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Isn't he? No, his podcast is always like, um, here we are, taking a sip of coffee for the working man. Yeah, he's but... more of a Dusty Rhodes. He's like an everyman kind of. Seems like an everyman kind of guy. If I'm taking him on his yeah. on his like on his surface on his public persona, yeah. he seems like a kind of everyman. Yeah, which leans. He probably decides when he gets in the we booth. Have John Cena, we like have Rock Cena five or whatever. <laughs> no, I don't want to see Rock Cena again. <laughs> um, that must be a left. Le- le- Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> but no, he'll, he'll be pressed. He'll be no, no, that'll be what happens. Corbyn, you know, he can't run anymore. Zack Sabre Jr. will be Minister of Graps. <laughs> that would be the best ministry. <laughs> no, there's no one. There's there's no one in the Democrat Party that has so I mean the so, charisma, the raw <laughs> sexual magnetism. He'll be the most electrifying <laughs> man. <laughs> the most electrifying in man political on, entertainment today on Capitol Hill. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Depends how he does with the electoral, the electrical college. Hey, hey, it would actually be the electrical college. Um, <laughs> you can count on the millions and millions <laughs> of the rocks of electoral college of the rocks registered constituencies. <laughs> oh. 
No, I don't want friends. I, I mean, in a, in, a, in a larger sense, like, yeah, of course. Like, why fucking not? Uh, somebody was talking about after the last election. It's like, well, why don't the Democrats run like Oprah? Mm. Yeah. It's like... Trump has broken all that open now. There is no seriousness. Find out Oprah doesn't believe in the Holocaust. There is no, <laughs> there is no, um, like, uh, there's no, there's no, like, there's no standard. barrier for entry. There's anymore. no barrier for entry. There's no standard now. No. It's all to go. It's going to, like, the next century, mm. I hope I don't, I, I don't want to die, but <laughs> I hope I don't have to see the slow implosion of the Pax Americana because it's fucking happening right in front of our eyes and it's, Fun to watch, but fucking terrifying. <laughs> Maybe, like, to just calm everyone down, we could just, like, the International Space Station could just turn off all the American satellites and we could just cut the, the um, internet cable that comes from America and we'll just, like, ignore them for a while and then go back to them in, like, about 50 years and see if they've sorted themselves out. <laughs> but, oh, I can't think of any... I'm trying to think, like... Oh, they'll be really obnoxious celebrities on the side of the Democrats. They won't be... You know, likable, <laughs> like The Rock. Um, hmm. Danny DeVito. Oh, Although he's yes. too far to the left for the yeah. damn fucking Democrats. Yeah. I mean, he's Bernie Sanders. Um, he's probably more left than Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, the, the, that would be actually kind of good, though, if The Rock was um, president. He'd be, be the first time there was an American president who was significantly larger than all of his Secret Service bodyguards. Jesus. It'd be kind of, it's kind of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> It's the you can imagine the liberal think pieces now. You know they're all like looking for little signs that mm. Donald Trump is becoming like part of the center, or like ah, finally today he is the American president. Yeah. Or like their Macron pictures, like pointing out little signs is like ah, do you see what he's telling us? The signs that only I can read. Whereas seeing Dwayne the Rock Johnson towering over Putin, <laughs> having um having a new championship belt made. Which was the, like the seal of America. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, though, if he was president, though, Vince McMahon would be around more. Oh yeah, he'll try and get his um get his cut like his, he did uh, when The Rock cut. first had a film role. Yeah, and he turned up for his cut because The Rock is like his prize show pony. Linda McMahon is <laughs> secretary for small business. Oh, sure, keep on forgetting. Remember about that? that? <laughs> keep on forgetting about that. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, I, oh. I just, it's... <laughs> oh, America, well done. Okay, what's next? <laughs> yeah, we can't do that. Um, yeah, so there was a report about um, the gig economy came out today. Oh, yeah. The... Back to Britain, back to sensible, not wrestling stuff. Yeah. Um... Although I imagine plenty of wrestlers are on a gig economy, you know. Well, they all are. Mm. None of them are on a contract, apart from all the ones that have been... Would have been a good segue if we'd actually constructed it or thought ahead. <laughs> um <laughs> come out with the harsh stance of the gig economy is a bit rough and maybe it should be a bit better but the people who wrote this thing one of them is an investor in Deliveroo and the other one the lawyer for it um, she's written quite extensively about how unions shouldn't be allowed to strike even when all of the union members vote for the strike unless ACAS completely agree to the strike hmm. so I don't trust anything that came out of it at all. Because why would I? So there were kind of, just looking at it now, there's there's seven key recommendations. Uh, it suggests a national strategy to provide good work for all, for which the government needs to be held accountable. I feel like we hear that like about yeah. everything. That's every government report. 
Um, it takes the following into consideration when it talks about good work, in inverted commas, wages, employment quality, education and training, working conditions, work-life balance, consultative participation and collective representation. Hmm. hmm. How far does that go? Well, seeing as it was written by someone who doesn't believe in striking, yeah. I imagine it means up to a very specific point. Um, That's a suggestion box. So the, the kind of more... Um, Concrete things are, it suggests that people who work for uh, platform-based companies such as Deliveroo and Uber be classified as dependent contractors. Individuals who prefer flexible working should be allowed to continue, but they should be granted fairness at work. Excuse me. Uh, There should be a clear distinction made between uh, dependent contractors and those who are legitimately self-employed. There's a kind of stratification of of work that kind of, Mm. that, that bugs me. Like, I don't... I know that for certain people at certain times, that kind of flexible working has has been very useful. I don't know how much that's true anymore and how much... Like, you could see at the time that flexible working and um, kind of zero-hour contracts were going to be used eventually mm. to cover the shortfall, ultimately, in profits. It's to yeah. keep wages down. Well, That's there. The that's is- the company's lookout. And it should never be forgotten. And I don't... Yeah. I don't know why it is. There's a definite difference between a student who's a student or an, a a taxi driver who works mm. in like like either for a private hire firm or as a black cab driver mm. picking up doing like they've got a couple of hours to spare and they you know doing a couple of things on delivery on delivery on um Uber. Yeah. There's a big difference between that and what I saw today which is an Uber driver at the bottom of my road emptying a like an empty was like a two liter bottle of coke or something mm. that was full of piss and he was emptying it into the um into yeah. the gutter because he was having to piss in his car. Yeah, which means that obviously he's having to work an awful lot. Yeah, if he can't even stop to have a piss because he was dumping that out and um brushing his teeth with a bottle of water <laughs> before getting back into his very fancy looking car. Yeah, I mean you can you can see like from an- anecdotal evidence like one of the things that's come up recently is or certainly come up before the election was the strength of the economy. Almost full employment. And it's like, yeah, look, I haven't gone and looked at figures. I don't know, even know if those figures exist. But I think you can tell anecdotally from the fucking mountain of evidence that has come from people's actual experience that it there's clearly not full employment no. in the economy. No, It's um, not happening. Like I, I remember when I was on the dole, they, were, they used to encourage me to say I was self-employed. Hmm. And it'd be like, self-employed doing what? Yeah. I remember one person said, whatever you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> like. I don't know whether, you see, my own experience of like um, taking Job Seeks Allowance, as it was then, I don't even know if it is now, um, is that, yeah, you couldn't get it for more than a month if you hadn't been in work for a year. So when you're kicked off, are you just counted as not being unemployed? I don't think you are counted on their unemployment figures. Because that's insane. Yeah, because that um, means, like, if you're long-term unemployed and you're not otherwise on disability, and as we know from, again, from from evidence, people are being kicked off disability for the worst possible reasons and dying because of it. Hmm. Um, presumably, that's why the unemployment figures don't show any kind of... Like, they, they seem to be going down, a number of yeah. the unemployed seems to be going down and down. Well, it's, I think if we might have loads of people in employment, but they're working four hours a week. Yeah, and getting employment support allowance. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do talk about um, strategies must be put in place, particularly for low-paid sectors, to make sure workers don't get stuck on the national living wage. 
Um, the thing is there, that pisses me off, is if the living wage was actually a living wage, it'd be fine to be stuck on it. Mm. Well, yeah. you know, you'd want to earn a bit more, but you know, you could, you'd be able to live, the hints in the name. But the yeah. living wage, they just, it, it was just a renaming thing. It was just a... Yeah. Because it's not a living wage. Um, I mean, yeah, they've been told that uh, there has to be good corporate governance. Uh, the government does not need national regulation to provide good work. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. I think every piece of evidence shows that, yes, it does actually need good uh, national Grenfell regulation. proves that you need regulation on a lot <laughs> yeah. of things. Um, people should realistic, feel that they have realistically attainables to strengthen their future prospects at work. And individuals should be able to develop their skills through formal and informal learning on the job as well as off the job activities. That, oh, I hate that off the job activities to enhance Life. your. There's a there's like loads of people building their like working in the media who spend their time doing activities outside of work. Well, well the, um, in order to buff up their CV and their personal profile, in order to get the jobs, the feel happy jobs that they want. There isn't a single writer I know who doesn't do loads of work unpaid hmm. in an attempt to get paid work. Hmm. And the encouragement of the like work in the media, unless you're a nice <laughs> unless you're a journalist of a specific level, hmm. is real fucking grim. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so I don't I think it's 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 good it's fuck all. The interesting thing, it's it's yeah, it's a series of fairly loose recommendations. The dependent contractor thing slightly wor slightly worries me because it's yet another attempt to kind of put another category in that isn't full time or part time employee. Mm. And again, we know from the history of it, like employment contracts and, and and job labor history in this country that if you create another category it will be abused hmm. in order to service the actual aims of the people who are employing, which is yeah. lower wages, less rights, working harder, higher productivity. And to think for a that second... That they don't have to pay for. To think for a second that um, an abs like a massive company like Uber gives a flying fuck about anything other mm. than profits is stupid. Yeah. I don't understand why people seem to think that companies like Uber have, have like the customers or their employees' best interests at heart. They really don't. Yeah. None of these companies do. I mean, they especially don't because they're literally a... They're just like a kind of hovering UFO that landed mm. on an existing minicab in industry mm. and just happened to have a decent algorithm that could put all those things together. Oh, it still pissed me off. They, it's, the tri it's the triumph in late capitalism of the, serv of the service industry, mm. which something Naomi Klein talks about... Um, all they want, they want the lightest possible corporate structure. They mm. basically want a CEO, mm. a CFO, and one room full of people on computers. Yeah. Everything else is done by everybody else and by the infrastructure that's already been built up. Yeah. They are kind of parasites mm. in that way, that they feed off. I mean, all companies feed off the labour of their workers, of course, it's mm. a good Marxist point, but like even more so, they're just always keen to divest themselves of any of the responsibilities of actually owning any owning yeah. anything that's what the sharing economy is yeah it's it's getting people to do what they would normally do maybe linking them up over the internet and then just reaping a load of profit from it did you see the thing with the um umbrella share company mm -mm. where you could like it was like you could it's like uber for umbrellas <laughs> so um all 300,000 of their umbrellas were stolen 
It's pretty good. It just seems like a joke, but it's actually something that happened. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that employment thing. What else, what else have we got? Yeah. It? Um, the Camden Lock fire. Yeah. The fire that... Yeah, so there's been a huge fire blazing through Camden, uh, Camden Lock markets. Which is the bit... Um, it was at the bit where there's all the food. Yeah. Including a really nice vegan cookie place that I like. Yeah? Yes. But um, mm. where there's... <clears throat> it's on... As you're walking away from the station, it's on the other side of the lock, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And it's yeah. um, just happens to be on the way where HS2 will go. Yeah. And it's that thing of, I'm not saying that someone burnt it down, but there are there are a lot of people who will be believing that someone burnt it down. Yeah, it just seems a bit too. I don't know. Or they just construct a situation where it's gonna burn down because they can afford to wait. It just seems I don't know. I don't want it. That's the thing. You get into kind of that. You get into kind of conspiracy mm. theories, like you know, Grenfell was burnt down on purpose, which I don't think. I don't from, think Grenfell was from what I've purpose. seen I doesn't appear was, to have any evidence. But I just think a situation was constructed where it was burning down was inevitable. Yeah, but at some point, isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah, exactly. It still feels the same when you're burning. Lacks incompetence or specific design. Yeah, maliciousness or in, maliciousness or incompetence. It doesn't mm. matter when you're on fire. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's not much else to say about that, apart from yeah, fire in Camden, yeah. which is... Not, which, I hope yeah. they rebuild. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, I, I like hope they actually rebuild as it was, because, you know... I like that bit God right knows there's... the last little bits of Camden that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah that you can actually go to. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what's, oh, that was it. Um, uh, plugging that... What's it? How much trade do we do with Europe? Is it like 60% of our trade is with Europe? Uh, it's something like uh, fifty to sixty percent of our and um, we've started exports. Started to feel, feel um, fix some of that gap now, mm-hmm. um, the post Brexit gap with a trade deal with Australia. Okay. Um, I lived in Australia for a while. Yeah. You remember? I used to talk to you every day, complaining about how hot I was. Yeah. Seems about standard. It's. I don't understand what I would be. I assume we'll be selling to them because there's nothing that we'd want to buy from them. <laughs> Because for a start, there's like there's I was thinking there's a couple of things that, that from Australia that I liked that yeah. I would, but they're made by European companies. <laughs> <laughs> so like um, Vegemite is made by well it's made by an American company but it's um, it's owned by an American company but it's based in um, Poland. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think what else, but like they have mineral resources but we're not going to be buying like steel from them. Yeah. Um, they have like I know they have opal mines. But opals are weird looking things. Opal fruits. No, not opal fruits. That's where they get them. No, it's like, they got in... Um, Deep underneath the it's desert. It's like one of the hottest places on earth. Mm. A place, a town in the middle, in like right in the middle of Australia called Cooper PD. Yeah. Um, and it is a f- inferno and the miners live underground. It all looks like... um, It looks kind of like Moss Eisley, but <laughs> underground. And I think like pretty much the only jobs there are like barman, prostitute and miner. <laughs> um. And you work there on a shift because you, otherwise you're going to go insane because yeah. it's like working on another planet. But um, Dennis, I don't, what we, we've already got enough racism. We don't need to import any racism. Maybe we could export some of our racism to there, but I think they're already full of racism as well. Well, apparently the reason uh, Theresa May didn't immediately suspend the whip from uh, Anne-Marie Moss was because she was talking to the Australian <laughs> Prime Minister and had had enough racism to <laughs> But I, um, I, I don't know. I mean, we... they're going to have to do... I've not seen any particular things because, of course, they can't actually sign any deals because uh, Europe's still... Mm. You're still part of the single market. Yeah. You're still actually... All of the trade... De- all the, or Any trade deals have to go through mm. the European Union. So you literally can't start until you're seven. But also, 
what idiot thinks it will be a good, it will, like, it will be an economically sound thing to export things to Australia rather than to fucking France? <laughs> like, in what way? Well, in I mean, what the, way is it going to be cheaper way, to boat I mean, it the, over to France? One of the problems, I've been looking quite a lot at Europe recently and, um, like, kind of history of the European Union and the single hmm. market and all that. And, uh, yeah, one of the things is that it's going to be really difficult because being so close to Europe, what do most firms trading in with Britain want? They want access to, you know, the other 480 million people yeah. in the European territories that they are now not going to be able to get. And, in fact, there's been um, a few stories going around that um, once the Brexit bill pass, passes, um, the a lot of investment firms are going to be suing the British government because if, well, if they set up a company in um, Britain hmm. and like set it up on the like in 2015 on the proviso that they could trade with Europe, they could you know export toothbrushes or whatever hmm. um, from Britain to Europe, and then that changes because of a political measure. Then, according to most of the other free trade agreements that we've signed with other countries in the world, not Europe, not just Europe, they'll be able to sue. See, that's the thing that makes me really hate free trade. <laughs> yeah. Because I really dislike the idea of any company being able to sue a company. But it was one of those things that, uh, I mean, you know, obviously TTIP had to mm. be opposed because it was setting up separate corps and all, all, all kinds of other things. Well, so you see the thing with TTIP now with um, <clears throat> with talking to um, Donald Trump and opening up the health, um, the NHS to yeah. American investment. Mm. And we do not want that. No. I don't want that. I think most people in this country do not want that. Yeah. But most of those free trade agreements have those kind of provisos yeah. in there. And it's it's still a basket case. I've been looking at it for the last week <clears throat> and, going and insane. still I'm going completely insane. Oh. It's mad. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, okay, that's I think that's about right. it. Yeah. So yeah. we've got um Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna do. Um to cheer you up at the end is I was gonna elucidate you, you. Make me forget my troubles. Well, we're gonna give you a a cheap laugh at the expense of Australians. Yeah, make me forget my troubles. Okay going to talk to you about two of my favourite and by favourite I mean I don't like them at all I think they're disgusting Yeah. Um, two of my favourite Australian politicians mm-hmm. one he doesn't really work anymore mm-hmm. um, I think he's dead oh no he's still alive the grand old age of 82 um, in the Liberal Party in Australia the Liberal Party which is their far right party it's their Conservative Party yeah it's like it? the Liberal then they had a but coalition more. they became the Liberal Nationalists <laughs> just uh. but why doesn't that ever get brought up? Why doesn't get whenever when anybody's doing the like gotcha line of national socialists? Yeah. Why does the liberal nationalist never get brought up? Is the right honourable Charles Wilson Iron Bar Tucky? Iron Bar. Yep. Look at his face. Oh God. Yeah. Pretty Ooh. Australian. Um, he got the name when he was when he ran a pub. Right. Because he. Beat an Aboriginal man with a length of steel cable. Jesus! The man was being held down while he did this for the crime of coming in. <laughs> Never. I... Ne- ne- doesn't say. Doesn't say. Just striking an Aboriginal man with a length of steel cable. Um, referred to by um, the former Labour treasurer Paul Keating. Yeah. Um, Tucky taunted him about a former girlfriend, mm-hmm. and Keating called him a piece of criminal garbage. <laughs> called him an idiot a hopeless nong very Australian <laughs> um, yeah like he's disgusting he's like um, 
as as you'd imagine from a man who beat an Aboriginal with. Um, so you don't catch AIDS, you let somebody give it to you? <laughs> I mean, well, it depends, <laughs> surely. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just like a proper old school Australian racist. Um, oh, that was it. Um, he left the Australian Parliament in protest to the apolo- uh, to the apology for the, to the stolen generations. <laughs> I'm um, always baffled because there's, that's a huge thing in Australia, isn't it? What? That apology was it 2007, something like that? Um, 2008, when 2008, um, was, um, yeah. Kevin Rudd apologised for the stolen generations. For you know, and if you don't know what the stolen generations is, it was literally stealing children from Aboriginal villages. Again, like we were talking about earlier with like hmm. kind of colonial imperialism. Um, stealing Aboriginal children to have them raised in white households, white Christian households, to to fix them, to fix them, to to make them white. I mean, yeah, that's um, on the steps of Parliament when he boycotted this motion and went outside. Um, Turkey was sarcastic about what the apology would achieve for Indigenous people. I'm there to say hallelujah. Tomorrow there'll be no petrol sniffing. Tomorrow little girls can sleep in their beds without any concern. Oh, it's all fixed. God, oh, just. A proper dirtbag. And it's good that he's gone, but still there. The angry stay alive, still alive. don't they? Yeah. Um, and the other one is this bloke I fell in love with the first time I saw him on Australian TV. <laughs> um, Bob Catter, which is such yeah. an Australian name. Normally seen wearing a cowboy hat and aviators. And one giant boot. <laughs> yeah, he's literally that. He's <laughs> like, it is like that Simpsons episode. Bob! <laughs> yeah. Bob! Mr. Prime Minister! <laughs> um, he's... He quite regularly does, like... He's an independent, and he quite regularly does confidence supply with um, with liberal nationalists. Okay. Because he's, he's, like, economically a bit to the left, but socially incredibly far right. So a fascist, then? <laughs> yep. Um, I think he's, like, fourth or fifth generation Australian. Hmm. Um, where's this? There's his constituency... Is a real weird one. Um, Flinders. I, yeah, wait, I know him. He's the one who his constituency is just his farm. Pretty much. I say farm. I mean fiefdom. Yeah, it's pretty much that. But um, hang on, some of the some of the delightful things he's, he's to paraphrase that thing about um, Jacob Rees-Mogg. He's the Australian uh, member of Parliament for the early fourteenth century. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> when he was a young man. During the 19, their 1964 Australian tour, the Beatles were pelted by eggs from some unknown assailants. Catter, then a university student, later came forward and admitted his involvement in what he explained was an intellectual reaction against Beatlemania. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that's it. He's um, a heavy investor in cattle and mining. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. He's um, the richest man in Australia. Oh. <laughs> um... Yeah, he's opposed to privatisation and economic deregulation. Because um, he already owns everything. Yeah, um, he was in. Um, he supported the national part. His national party colleague Bob Burgess, when he referred to Australian citizenship as dewogging. <laughs> that was in '96. <laughs> it's a different time. It's a different time. You don't understand. In 97, Catter advocated changing the child support scheme to lessen the financial maintenance obligations for non-custodial parents. Of course. He claimed there was an anti-male bias in the scheme, in that nice. 90% of cases, the bloke has done nothing wrong, and the woman was at fault. <laughs> um, has he been through the travails of family court? 
<laughs> um, I don't think he has. I think he's like probably still. I think he's probably got one of those. He's probably one of those situations where where where's she gonna run to? He's like hundreds and hundreds of miles to the next town. I mean, I'd imagine he'd have to worry about the right of Prima Nocton. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a massive opponent to tougher gun controls. Um, refer, for, um, ref, accused the 1996 Port Arthur massacre in Tasmania. Accused it of being a conspiracy, like. You know, like they do in America, whenever yeah. they Yeah, it was like... like a um, false flag. Yeah. The Port Arthur massacre was like... It was a mass shooting. Yeah. In um, Tasmania. Yeah, Tasmania. Um, oh, this it. His, you know, I found this really utterly baffling. His complicated approach to climate change. Okay. I mean, if you could... Uh, I, think, I think you've got to use the proper centrist terminology. You mean nuanced. Nuanced. Deep. Yeah. I mean, if you could imagine 20 or 30 crocodiles up there on the roof, and if all that roof was illumination, and saying that we wouldn't see anything in this room because of a few crocodiles up there. He continued, are you telling me seriously that the world is going to warm up because there's 400 parts per million of CO2 up there? I don't get it. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, no. Awesome! He's already got royal diseases. Only five... <laughs> the- the, the advancements in Australia are astounding. It really shows you what you can do when you're outside of the English class system. Well, I say the English class system. I mean the English 19th century class system, not the English 15th century class system. But it's amazing. Like, within five generations, they've already developed the royal disease. You know? Yeah. In 1989, Congenital he claimed there were no... Hereditary there were, madness. In 89, he claimed there were almost no homosexuals in North Queensland. Promised to walk backwards from Burke. And that he was made of glass? (laughs) (laughs) If they represented more than 0.001% of the population. He then voted against the the act which would decriminalise homosexuality in Tasmania in 94. That's fucking amazing. Like, there's so few homosexuals, we do not need to pass a law making it okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's a total non... It's totally made up. It's not a real thing. But for God's sake, we can't allow it. That homosexuality was a crime in Tasmania in '94. Uh, that doesn't. Um, <laughs> that doesn't altogether surprise me. In 2011, said the prospect of same-sex marriage deserved to be laughed at and ridiculed. <laughs> he was condemned by his half brother Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Bob Catter. And, oh, it's just... awesome. Like it took Europe. It took. Oh man. And the thing is, it's like fourth, fifth generation Australian. So. He looks like he's got Playmobil hair. Just looking at a picture of him here. Yeah, he looks like a like a Lego toy with hair. I've seen other pictures of him. He looks like a man who was born sneering. Yeah, he, he pretty much was. Like <laughs> that that's a man who has said, get off my land so many times it's lost all meaning. <laughs> it just it took, you know, it took a thousand years for the Habsburgs to get as fucked up as they were. And it took him barely five generations. Well you're not it's very, very you're impressive. not very good at science, are you? You never really were that good at science. And you, do you remember, like, with chemical reactions, how they tend to go faster when they're warmer? <laughs> Australia just, like, you know, Habsburg's mainly a cold place. Habsburg? <laughs> yeah. The town of Habsburg. <laughs> no, Habsburg. Where all the Habsburgs are from. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Europe, cold. Yeah. Australia, super hot. So they managed to just jump ahead real quick. Advanced levels of racism, which, you know... If we only they dream of. If only they'd put Charles the Mad under a heat lamp once or <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, I and for next week I will be doing a little bit of a reading series that I've from this book I've started reading, explaining to me about the troubles of 
the dangers of letting progressive Islam into the country that was written in 1916, I think, or 1917. <laughs> that so far has been a delightful romp. Fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm. Um, yeah, so as usual, uh, come to the end of the show and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we don't talk about the weather. You can follow us on Twitter at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing and follow me at BM Bergamo. Um, and that's it. Episode 20. We mm. did it. Yep. This train don't stop. Awesome. Woo. See ya. Bye. Mom.